From our headquarters in New York City, this is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be talking to leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. My guests this week are Amanda Hesser and Meryl Stubbs, the co-founders of Food52. Founded in 2009 as an online resource for recipes, the site has evolved into a unique and wildly popular hybrid of editorial content and e-commerce that recently attracted an $83 million investment from the Chernin Group. I spoke with Amanda and Merrill about why their site defies easy categorization, how their readers help them design one of their best-selling products, and why they prefer to think of Food52 as a world, not a brand. This week's podcast is sponsored by Cherish, interior designer's beloved source for chic, one-of-a-kind furniture, art, and decor. If you're a design pro and not in their trade program, you should be. Starting now, designers earn $75 cash for every $5,000 they spend on Cherish, plus access to net pricing and specialized live customer service. Sign up at Cherish.com. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H dot com backslash trade. When it comes to home technology, black plastic gadgets are out and friendly human design is in. With Google Nest, you can get a little extra help at home without sacrificing design. Nest Hub and Nest Mini are designed with soft color sand fabrics that fit right in on the side table or kitchen counter. And they're powered by the Google Assistant, so you can control your home with your voice. Just say, hey Google, good morning. And the Google Assistant can turn up the heat, turn on the lights, and tell you the latest forecast, traffic on the way to work, and even the headlines. It's a personalized briefing from an assistant that knows you best. It's a little help at home, like only Google can. For 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 our listeners who who don't know, so we so we're so we're sitting down with the with the co-founders of of Food Fifty Two who have recently become media moguls. Was it a couple of weeks ago now that the news sort of broke? Time is sort of blurring. But I know. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I'm can imagine. interested in you it's defining us as by media, limiting yeah. us by media. Well, no. You see, the funny thing is, so here, so here's the here's the truth, Amanda, because that's a okay. great point. Okay. So, <laughs> unbeknownst. To, to me, I didn't know I was going to be sitting down with you. My wife and I have been listening to Ruth Reichel's memoir about her time at Condé Nast, right? Huge Ruth Reichel fan. Love her. My wife and I, whenever we're in the car, we love to listen to audiobooks. So we're listening to Save Me the Plums. And of course, in, in part, it's the, ultimately the sad story of Gourmet closing in 2009. An event that was that was huge in my household for several different reasons. My mother had been a lifelong reader. My grandmother, a lifelong reader of Gourmet Magazine. So, I mean, it was a huge... Wow. Yes. It was, it, the news literally had wow. to be broken yeah. to my mother in person with sort of a therapist standing by. Oh and yes. Ruth came to your house. Well, it was... <laughs> there, there was a support team that was ready. Sign new house and, arrived. And exactly. Like, anyway, so... But what it brought my mind back to was that time in 2009. And the two of you are out at around about this very time, right about the time they announced they're closing Gourmet and the world is melting down because of the financial crisis. And the two of you are, are, are both still at the Times, right? Or I was freelance. Had you, you were freelance. And I had left, actually. Actually, you had left, yeah. I had, yeah, I'd left my staff position in 2008. Okay. 
Okay. And so you had been going around, Amanda, talking to, to people about what you were thinking? Or tell me, tell me what was we, going on. We, in, at the end of 2008, we decided to give this a whirl. And, and then we got serious and started and formed our LLC in 2009. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and then we launched our site in at September of 2009. Yeah. September of 2009. Yeah, yeah so Just. the work was happening, but the actual launch coincided very closely with the yes. shuttering of Gourmet. So yes, yeah. I mean we right. didn't, we didn't intend for that. No, no, <laughs> you didn't say. They're out of the way time. now. <laughs> the road is clear for us. Right, everyone hates that, media. Yeah, yes, let's go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The economy is down. Right. Everyone hates media. Yes. No one's spending money. Perfect time to start a business. We like a challenge. Exactly. Yes. You mm-hmm. thought, let's go out and just pitch this idea. Yep. Because let's go out and make it even easier to fail. Yes. You know. Uh, <laughs> well, and there was. So we, and, there we were in our empire <laughs> in cafes and my kitchen, <laughs> the two of us, well, feeling and, really big and important. And, and, was there, and was there some story that you had gotten a, a, a book advance? Or yeah. The, so, yes. yeah. Okay. Well, we're a little scrappy. Yes. Um, so we got a book deal. We understood that if you sold a book, we got a book advance that we could then use to fund um, a proof of concept. And right. so um, it, our proof of concept happened to dovetail neatly with a book idea. So that's what we did. We went and sold that book idea, got our advance. And then we, as a company, we used that to fund the company for 18 months. Wow. To build out the initial version of the site. To build out Food52. And and what were you at the time, what were you telling people Food52 was going to be? Essentially a community driven food brand. Yeah. And And a platform. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. For real people who care about cooking and it was mostly I mean it was I think externally mostly focused on cooking at the very beginning yeah um we wanted I think we wanted to know quickly whether or not this had legs so Mm. that you know they say fail fast if you're gonna fail and Mm -hmm. we figured if we could get a toehold in recipes and cooking which was already such a crowded space that we were on to something and we could go from there and, and did people understand at the time what you meant by community and, and all of that? Did that, I mean... I don't think they did. Right? I, I mean, I think yeah. back at the time, what did, that, what did that mean? Well, at that point, community meant, um, it was often associated with... Um, Message boards. Uh, message boards. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I was like, what, yeah. what do they call those? Yeah. Yes, message boards. <laughs> and so they were, and, and yes. the message boards weren't exactly, I would say actually very community feeling they didn't have a strong community feeling they actually felt like the kind of place where you kind of went to yell at each other yeah um and anonymously uh, exactly yeah anonymously they they weren't they didn't bring to mind like like the town hall or you know this sort of sense of like a you know town square um where people could gather and uh who who had you know kind of shared beliefs or or you know shared passion and we felt like there was an opportunity for something different but it was really interesting because I remember whenever we used the word community people would kind of look at us skeptically and Mm -hmm. think like or I mean as a friend at a dinner party you know said to me once um ex-friend I should say um Mm. (laughs) just kidding important to point out I'm just joking he was like well well, that's gonna devolve into like terrible things as Mm, every online community does and I was like but no 
you know. Um, exactly. But that was sort of people's impression at the time. Yeah. That you were in some message board community channel to vent or, right? Yeah. Or yeah. as you were saying, to, <clears throat> without revealing who you were, yell at people or yeah. disagree snide, vehemently or yes know, exactly yeah. or, or, so the notion of sort of oh no we're all going to come together and we're going to talk about the joy of cooking and we're going to build things and together. how it can enhance your life yeah and your, right? I would say though like that even we were interested in the connection uh, like people connecting with each other but we were less focused on that where it would just be conversation, we were very focused on people being able to contribute yes. in meaningful mm. ways because we felt like that was actually what was missing was that there wasn't a, way, a place where people who cared about cooking and, you know, love food could literally share their ideas like and share their recipes and um, kind of learn from each other mm. as opposed to just like talking about what they like to eat. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's a difference. Like we felt like there, yeah. we called it at that, at that you know, um, I think when we were first pitching, we, we called it constructive community mm-hmm. mm. um, because like the way we had for, formed the site was that, you know, we had these recipe contests and anyone could, could contribute a recipe. Also, anyone could test recipes. You could vote on the contest. You could add a comment. You could save the recipe. And everyone's interactions actually improved that, that piece of contents um, traction on the site and, and how, and it's, um, visibility. it's visibility on the site. So we felt like there was a way to use kind of algorithms and people's actual, uh, involvement to make a better experience for everyone. So even if you were just a lurker, which actually of course on every site is the vast majority of people, um, you could still have a really, um, you could feel a part of the community and you could also benefit from the activity of the community. Yeah. I mean, engagement has become such a trite, you know, word mm. to use, but it truly, that's what it was about from the very beginning. Uh-huh. People actively engaging. So, yes, we began uh, with content. That was our domain expertise, right? Uh, but it was also, um, we understood coming from the world of content that 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 connection that you can make with people, with readers, um, was so powerful. And if you can gain their trust and they can see you as a necessary resource in their lives, there's so much you can do with that, right? Um, and that was where the sort of nugget of us like building a brand that people believed in and connected, felt connected to. Can I just to. give an yes. example? Yes. I think that... Please. One, what, is, that, is that all right? <laughs> yes. I'm going to. Meryl, you uh, have your hand up. Go ahead. I don't. I know. <laughs> pick me, pick me. Um, I just remember when you were, were saying that, I just remembered when early on when we first met, you would tell me about how many emails and phone calls you got oh, yeah. when you were at the Times with people like wanting to get your opinion, uh-huh. right? Because they trusted Amanda Hasser. Oh, right. I mean, people literally called me and said like, I've got this thing in the oven and it doesn't look right. <laughs> I, there yeah. I would be at my desk, yeah. my cubicle at the New York Times and I'd be like, well, uh, well, I'm so glad this. that you called me. Exactly. I'm going to take you through this. You I, was, I am an expert. I know exactly what to do. Totally. I was looking for yeah. a reason to like avoid my deadline. Yes. Yeah. I've got nothing going on here at work. Yeah. Just stare, all good. Up. Let me, yeah, yeah let me the take ceilings. this. Right. Cause you used yeah. to call a family member, but like, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So cooking isn't this inherently social activity mm-hmm. and where you need to be able to ask people questions and Call you want friend. to share things. Yeah, yeah. And you want to share the food that you cook. And we didn't feel like uh, just 
like the, we felt like the internet was actually this kind of amazing way to enable that really. enable that yeah across everywhere yeah and no one was doing it and you both had the credibility to to come forward and say we are we are both of us experts in this in this field we have go ahead well yes but also i think the humility that like we understood that as cooks, you're never an expert. Yeah. You're always learning, which is why we love it so mm. much. It's funny. I was watching Josh Cohen, who is uh, our the head of our test kitchen. Mm. I was watching, and he does a lot of great videos for us. And I was watching the, the knife skills video with him and Jacques Pepin and watching them talk, you know, talk through how you have to keep your fingers in a certain position and, and the knife should, should, uh, sort of graze the, this part between your two knuckles. And that's how, you know, you're being safe if it, if it stays against them the whole time. And I was like, I don't do that. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I went Mm -hmm. to cooking school. I learned knife skills, but I totally cut in a haphazard and probably dangerous fashion at home. We have skills with a Z. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're moguls now, so we don't need to but worry exactly. about such things. Can we get back to that part yeah, of the conversation? Yeah, let's get back to you guys being media moguls. So, so uh, because but you never, but you you keep going back to media. You know, I know. Okay, you're limiting so us you, again. No. Oh, so so let's so let's talk about how broadly we should think about it. Because Great. okay, and 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 for listeners who might not know, for for people who might not be keeping up on the news and don't and don't realize that Food Fifty Two has just sold a majority interest in their company. For eighty-three million dollars, do I have that right? With a, with a valuation north of a hundred million dollars for the company, do I have that right? Yeah. Yes, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Of course I do. <laughs> you did yes. your homework, right? Yes, yes, you did. So let, let's just take a moment there, okay? Ten years ago, you created a, a, a food site originally it was based on community over over time you you started to introduce product and we're going to talk about all of that and and you you built this incredible trust you built this incredible i hate the word brand but like we have to oh, i'm sorry I've use used it that. You, you've used it several we times i almost lot. i almost <laughs> asked you to leave if you, if you had used it one more time Amanda, i would have I, that would have been it it would have been a timeout that's actually what that wooden chair in the corner is for people who say brand more than you know a couple times but but it's hard to find a better word yeah, in this context so we're going to go with that so but but you're these you're these food people you're these media people the reason i mentioned media is because so many people in the media world looked at what you accomplished mouth watering thinking what did they how do i do that how did they do that and of course 10 years in it wasn't like it was an overnight success and you've right you've been working pretty darn hard for a long <laughs> that what they say about overnight time right it takes about 10 years. Yeah. yeah 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 but so but so it so it is this in, in, incredible uh, achievement and huge congratulations to you to you both and Thank it's you. and it's different so a lot of times around this table we're having people we're having conversations with people who have just raised venture capital money and recently one of them said to me you know the truth is that's actually not something to celebrate that I raised a bunch of money because right. right because then I have to go and figure out what to do with it and I have to pay the money and back and right on it. right yeah. exactly but it is well that's so interesting because I think this is what maybe has taken us by surprise is that um, with this investment it has suddenly like validated something yeah. that we've been actually doing for quite a long time and believed but in it's very like somehow deeply. money 
validates yes. things in our culture. Exactly. It legitimizes and, it. And, and I think it's sort of like, we're like, wait, we just, we're not doing anything different. We've <laughs> right. just been doing the same thing. It's the same it's business like a, as we had exactly. yesterday, yeah. only somebody, yeah. Yeah, somebody someone, Mr. Chernin and his team, nice yeah, enough to come along. Put a dollar value on it. Yes. They put yeah. a dollar value on it. And then, and then uh, uh, people started sort of, oh, they're doing something different. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's been nice because obviously like, it's not like, it's anyone else's responsibility to notice that we're doing something different. Right. Um, but it's it's been such a fascinating yeah. kind of um, cultural experience, I would say. I'm, I'm uh, sure. Because well, you. I mean, I think we're ex- yeah we're experiencing what we have witnessed yes from afar so many times, which is you know how I want to put this in a way that sounds positive because I think it is in a lot of ways. But it's you know. It, you see that companies, you know, become trendy for a minute. And yes. I think we're kind of experiencing that a little bit. I mean, when I think about the coverage that we've received over the past couple of weeks, the number of times that people have said, you know, Food 52, who everyone looks to for, you know, this new model um, that integrates content and commerce, we're like, really? Everyone looks to us? <laughs> this is the first time anyone's actually said that <laughs> out loud. And also, know? I mean, honestly, you know, Certainly, in the early years, um, you know, when we would, when we, you know, we did have VC money before, and um, yes. and we've been rejected by many, 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 um, too many to count. Um, who, uh, a very common question we got was, and that we failed at, or were kind of nixed for, um, was like, "But are you a media company? Or are you a commerce company?" And, and, focus. and we would say. We're neither. I mean, we're we're both really, right. but we're not we're not one or the other, um, and that's actually how we ended up talking about ourselves as a brand. Yeah, I think we never like sort of gravitated towards the word brand either, but it was a way of getting away from being you know identified as a commerce company or a media company. If we felt like it was the only way for people to sort of see it as this one thing. Um, and most people didn't, and they didn't want to because it's actually complicated, yeah. and it was unproven. Um, right. So yeah, it's been actually yes. kind of a struggle for us. But exactly, and as you discovered, no doubt, in your conversations with all of these mm-hmm. people who had the big pots of money to to give you, if you were to say the magic word or apply, yeah, the, we mostly the didn't see those term. pots of money, but yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> they kept them to themselves. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, we heard about them, <laughs> and 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 it's a brutal process where you're just rejected and rejected yeah. and right and you and you and you have to spend all this time preparing and yeah. telling your story and trying to sort of learn from each exchange it's why many of us gave up acting in our young lives because who <laughs> wanted to keep getting told <laughs> no like that all the time oh if you were just a little taller or oh, oh a little younger younger I don't, mm, who needs that so you went through that in 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 some ways yeah. and people are trying to they're trying to pattern match a lot of times yes. exactly right yeah but yeah. like but all what, real innovations don't have a pattern to, exactly. to follow and that's yeah. that's sort of the so but that it's it, there, it's a distillation process right you're like finding partners and who will understand you and there probably are very few who will you know kind of fit that uh, description. Yeah, and then you can actually work with them as opposed to selling a story that's not the real story to someone because it's what they want to hear. And then once you have the money, it, it just doesn't work. Exactly. Oh, did we not tell you that we're actually? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no. oh yeah. shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're taking a quick break to give you the insider scoop on the Cherish Trade Program. Join the Cherish Trade Program today and you'll receive new hotshot perks. 
Earn $75 cash for every $5,000 you spend on the site and access to a trade-only customer service hotline and snappy new project management tools to make your life even easier. And let's not forget the trade program's ongoing key benefits, including net pricing up to 30% off and 48-hour hold capabilities. To get in on the fun today, visit cherish.com backslash trade. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H dot com backslash trade. So at the, at the time, you weren't looking for... No. 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 So... They th- reached out to us. They reached out. But, but you, you know, have to tell the story. Well, <laughs> it sort of pains me to. Does but, it? Uh, well, just in that, you know, uh, you get inbound calls. And uh, and often sure. it's, it's uh, you know, at our stage, it would be like growth equity uh, or private equity firms who are often just kind of keeping their ear to the ground. They're aware of you yeah. or they're looking at a competitor and they want they to get, get some, some comps and they want to get yeah. some data. Right. And, you know, and if your data is better than the data of the company they're looking at, they suddenly might be more interested in you. Uh, you know, but it's, it's, right. it's part of their, you know, the way they function. And, um, but it's time consuming for founders um, to take those calls. And, um, sure. and so they reach out and, um, and I, it was Q4, so I was like, sorry, we're really busy. We're about to launch something. And <laughs> You're like, we- holiday? Does that mean anything to you? I mean, what are you talking about? I don't have time for this. Yeah. I, was, I was a little... <laughs> were you? I, I looked back at my email, and I was like, ooh. ooh that, wasn't, I was, that wasn't my like softest, little, friendliest email. You were, you were a little gruff? Um, thank goodness they had a thick skin. Okay. <laughs> we ended up like not even talking. I mean, this was October, and we didn't end up talking until, I think, January or February. Oops. Oops. <laughs> okay. So it took a little time for them to recover from Amanda's sharply worded yeah. email saying, what nerve you have contacting us in the fourth quarter of a company that is selling food and home-related exactly. products. Double I mean, super. Bye. Who are you? <laughs> so, yeah, so. Okay. So, but they, they do they finally follow up with yeah, you. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think they kept Many a close later. eye on us. Sure. You because know, we were just about to launch 5.2, our direct-to-consumer brand. And right. um, anyway, so then we, we did connect and and once we had a conversation I felt you know it felt like these are you know we felt like I felt like we were on the same page um you know they're California based so we just had a couple of phone conversations right. and then and then we met in person. so what did they say to you that made you feel like you were on the same page so what were their magic words that they used for, for you that said oh the, these people get us they said um you guys are amazing media moguls, and <laughs> you, we're, we're making we're, your crowns as you we speak. You two are going to be rich. <laughs> they said that, and we thought, you know, these are our people. Exactly. <laughs> what did they say? Well, how did they so, describe you, or how did they say, hey, we're looking at you because what? I think they were interested in our food and lifestyle in general. I think okay. it was an area that they were they were looking to um, understand better and look for opportunities. But... I think that it, you know, what they really were very focused on was the fact that we were community driven mm. and that, um, you know, we had this engagement and that we had this brand that had many facets to it. So the exact thing that scared off most people, they actually like leaned into, you know, they, they liked the fact that we had a commerce, a real commerce business, not an affiliate commerce business. They liked, you know, that, but also one that didn't have too much risk. Like Mm. we don't, we don't hold our inventory. So they, I think they were, they didn't, I don't think they understood all these things Initially, I think they were kind of curious about our conversation. They couldn't tell all of that from the outside. Right, no, and right. most people can't. And I yeah. think they really, it appealed to them that this was a model that um, 
kind of went its own way. Like we weren't, you know, we kind of, it was definitely a bespoke model and, um, but that was working that had great traction and, and something that kind of came up further in the process, but I think kind of spoke to their original interest in like community and engagement was like, we, we spend very little on paid marketing because it's, our growth is organic. Um, and that we'd also raised very little money, which of course, you know, has its own flip side. You know, we raised probably very little money because, most people were skeptical of our model. Right. Um, but we, we, we weren't able to raise more at the time. <laughs> yeah. So yes, we yeah. look brilliant now exactly. that we hadn't sure. raised. Very calculated. Right. Yeah. And and actually though, like I I don't sure. Um, probably there were moments where we would have taken you know more um, in in like specific rounds. But actually, we just liked to sleep better. just to sleep better. But we actually didn't want to be raising too much money. Yeah. Because we wanted to build a real business, and we felt like it forces you to be much more disciplined about how you go about things and the decisions you make and what you try and what you don't try. When it comes to home technology, black plastic gadgets are out, and friendly human design is in. With Google Nest, you can get a little extra help at home without sacrificing design. Nest Hub and Nest Mini are designed with soft-color sand fabrics that fit right in on the side table or kitchen counter. And they're powered by the Google Assistant, so you can control your home with your voice. Just say, hey Google, good morning. And the Google Assistant can turn up the heat, turn on the lights, and tell you the latest forecast, traffic on the way to work, and even the headlines. It's a personalized briefing from an assistant that knows you best. It's a little help at home, like only Google can. 2009, the company starts, and originally it's it's recipes and it's right and it's Mm -hmm. talking about food and it wasn't until 2013 right that the product starts to officially i mean product started to creep in shop in our like so you know in our global navigation so it was like recipes contests blog and the shop was actually as of december 2009 um okay we actually did there hanging out yeah we Mm -hmm. did feature we featured in our blog like a product every weekday and then that product was in our shop which you could search but it was just then you would link off to we would have a picture of it Mm. description and then you'd link off to whatever site where you could buy it we didn't do affiliate um it was just this was like, it, I think, like the nascent days of affiliate people yeah right even. yeah it was like sort of stone age of affiliate <laughs> and um <laughs> so we waited until there was uh the wheel was invented and um and then one and then so in 2012 we felt like okay we need to, we this is an area of our business that we really want to develop um so we worked with a third-party platform to start actually transacting like Mm. allowing people to buy things from us um and we tested a lot of different we did trips we did you know cutting boards we did sardines sardines we did many many sardines (laughs) yes yeah sort of like a real um we just wanted to see like what were people open to what What they actually like um and pretty much everything worked which was kind of which was pretty great and amazing and delightful um but then it became quickly clear that we were going to need to build our own platform. Otherwise, we were never going to escape the, like, you're a media business that sells some things for extra money. And mm. it's like, no, no, we're trying to create this world. Actually, right. that's the world. The world. The world. world. Yes. The world. We where are you can world. Get, you world. Are, yeah, that's comprehensive, like yes. very curated, where you can get everything right. uh, at once. To your point of, like, you're making the recipe and we tell you what the best pan is. Um, and so we felt like in order to really get people to 
believe that mm. we had to present ourselves that way and so therefore we would need to build our own platform um which we then did in 2013 and we launched in august of 2013 yep. um with 80 products and now we have 3,000. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is where it really does go both ways with our business, where it, so many people think that we're just generating content to sell products. Yes. But often we actually get the ideas for content from products that we've already decided to sell. Well, that's you know? our home content. We yeah. wanted to get into home content. Right. And we had always intended to, but actually our sales of home related products yeah. picked up faster than we could um, add the content. And then that's actually what drove us to um, change things on our editorial team so yeah. that we could produce more home content faster. Yeah. Interesting. Because now home is a huge percentage for you. I can't remember, Meryl, what you said the other day, but I mean, it's a, it's a huge percentage of your overall sales. And it's the fastest sales. growing category. And it's the home is the yes. fastest growing category. Mm -hmm. And that's simply because, again, people just, love your your voice and and I think there's two things it's, it's the trust we've uh -huh. built with people but I I also think it's the what we were betting on from the beginning which is that we were looking at food in a much more holistic way than traditional media and traditional retail mm -hmm. were allowing people to like we could see that the trends were such that like Americans were no longer seeing like their kitchen as this like obscure room in their house and like food as this other thing but actually like the core part piece of their lifestyle and that like <laughs> kitchen design should be connected to your living room design and like these all these all live together in our everyday lives and actually are becoming more and more important parts of our everyday lives and so we wanted to create this world uh yes. where oh, they, this is so much where better than brand where, where, they're, where they're all into yes. where there's all um, integrate. It's so funny because it depends, like if we're talking to an investor, we often will use brand. Yeah. Oh, you have to. And if yeah, we're yeah. talking, you know, we, it's sort of jargon. We, yeah. No jargon. Mm. Well, yeah, we're like, the world feels a little, right, amorphous. Yeah. If you're, a in the a business, like if you're coming from a business perspective. Floaty. Whereas, yeah, brand is, you know, you think like Nike, Starbucks, you know, you, you instantly think of business concepts, right? Yes. Anyway. I'm getting off track, but what well, I just wanted about? to add something <laughs> about the kitchen being the the heart of the home yes. and food. We always say, yeah. you know, we're a place for people who believe that food is the center of a well-lived life. And what I was going to say too, you talked about how people thought of the kitchen as this separate thing and now no longer do. And we saw that coming and we were betting on that mm. continuing to be the case even more. It's funny because we've actually seen home design evolve very much in tandem with that because everyone wants an open kitchen now. So let's explain to people what 5-2 is because sure. that's the next sort of chapter in this in this evolution, right? Yeah. And um, where, where's the best place to start? Do we want to start with the apron and the cutting board or explain to people some of these, well, maybe, some of these items? Um, I can explain sort of the genesis of Please. how we've approached building the product line yeah. because we've always wanted to do our own product line. And Pretty much as soon as we launched our shop, we started doing exclusives and collaborations and um, and it was a way for, things. yeah, because we felt like we wanted things that were really original. We also wanted to be part of the creative process. But one of the things that we felt like we had, we if we were going to do a product line is we had to figure out a way to involve our community. And it just, you know, over time became really obvious what we should do, which is that, you know, in with kitchen and home products, there's very little transparency about how they're made, why they're made with certain materials, like 
what shapes work and why. It's just, they're just, these products are just essentially broadcast at you and you accept them for what they are. Um, and we felt like there was an opportunity to, again, because people living in their homes are, are, they know a ton about what works for them, what the doesn't, experts. what they yeah. like, what they, what, you know, what, what they don't, what price points they're comfortable with, you know, where they're going to splurge, where they're not. Um, and so why not involve them from the beginning? And so we decided that we were going to create a product line that was you know, very much like our site where it has a, our, a strong brand identity. Sorry, brand identity. Mm. World strong identity. No, no, no. It makes, identity. totally makes sense. Yeah. Brand identity. Yeah. Um, uh, our kind of curation and, and aesthetic, but blended with input from the community and valuable input, not just, you know, we're not just doing it as a, you know, a window dressing. It's yeah. very much like we're reaching out to people and saying, you know, what do you want in a cutting board? What do you want in an apron? And getting, um, you know, asking them very specific questions. And when they're giving us, um, like they're filling out the open fields in a survey, we're reading all of those mm. and we're actually getting and, and drawing um, ideas from them and then incorporating them into the final products. And so the apron is a good example of one where <clears throat> there are a few aprons in the world, right? It doesn't <laughs> seem You wouldn't think there'd be a need no. really for any new aprons, <laughs> yeah. right? And yet? And yet there are. You know, we created an apron that we feel like super proud of. Mm -hmm. It's $45. It's really nice. Uh, it's a really nice textile. It's, um, it has a pocket in the, in the chest area that's for glasses or a pen or a um, meat thermometer. The pockets um, have openings that are a little bit angled, so they're easier to get into, and they're also um, sized so that you can get a big phone into them. One, one of the pockets has a flip-out um, conversion chart, and then the, the, um, the kind of uh, killer feature comes from, came from two separate community members who said, you know, I really wish that my apron had built-in potholders because I'm always losing my potholders. And so we have these potholders in the, in the bottom corners, which actually helps the apron hang more nicely, yeah. but also you can quickly like slip your hand in and then like grab a sheet pan out of the oven or like grab a handle of a, of a pot on the stove. And um, so there's all of these extra features, but it's very actually looks like a classic apron it's um it's not all like you know it's not gadgety and tricked out it's <laughs> right. actually um just quite simple looking mm -hmm. very affordable price point um and i mean we really think it's like way better than any apron that's on the market um we wouldn't have created a product that good without the help of our community yeah. they gave us the basically you know they gave us the great ideas that went into it yeah, and how are you? How are you going about sourcing for for five two? Because that's a that's a huge yeah. undertaking, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean it goes back to those relationships, relationships. you know, with yes. manufacturers and merchants who, I, I, you know, we're coming out with a line of cookware, and who introduced us to the manufacturer is one of the cookware manufacturers we already work with. Oh, fantastic! So okay. it's a you know again, and I think they they see the big picture, which is like they want to continue working with us and we want to continue working with them, but we're, of course, we're going to still go and do our own line and it's going to, you know, be different from theirs. And so it was, um, so they're not afraid of introducing us to a manufacturer. Um, and it's really been, it's been kind of amazing. It, there's this community of merchants and manufacturers behind our shop that exists and is real. And it's like, you know, I, our, 
our buyers are traveling with them and going on trips and going to shows and going to meet makers. And like, you know, they just came back from Morocco where they, you know, they met a bunch of um, kind of textile makers and it just, you know, happy hours every year in our office. Um, Yeah. After, you know, the big show at the Javits Center. Oh, okay. And yeah, it's, it's like the wildest party of the year that we host. <laughs> it's our kegger. It is. <laughs> Fantastic. We actually had to go out and get more beer one uh-huh. year, and we were so proud of that. Yeah. That's why I'm telling you now. Because you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because of the great community that yeah. you, that you yeah. have. Yeah, and they all and love I'm, I'm so glad other. your office is just a few blocks from yes, here. Because I mean, I'll be... The next one. Yes, you oh, should come. But I think that this is the thing that has been so delightful, is that, you know, we are very much in touch with our community of of readers and shoppers but there is this other community I think sometimes people feel like oh you're just selling stuff it's just like it's just you know it's just stuff to make money it's like well no actually there's all these people who really care about these products who are you know who make them around the world and like and it's not easy to make these products and I think this is something that we've come to to kind of learn and appreciate um and see it as like another piece of community that we're we're ideally building and nurturing well and it it's such a difficult balancing act that, again, you have, have seemed to have, have pulled off so well. As, as you were saying earlier, Meryl, this, this content and commerce and, and balancing that and, and mm-hmm. what's really the driver, but also keeping that trust level so that you don't seem like you're just someone who is trying to sell them something, yeah. um, but that you care so deeply about it yourselves but that also you've listened so much to the community that you've that you've built i think you have like 2.4 million followers on instagram now which is just and you've and just, instagram didn't exist when we launched exactly mm-hmm. yeah. and instagram didn't come along until at least a year later really two years yeah, before it was years, really getting going yeah. and yeah. yeah i mean so in the beginning it was really just the the site and mm-hmm. right and and yeah. again sort of good good content driving that when you when you look back and you and you think about because I'm, tr- I'm trying to give listeners sort of some things that they could they could think about and or, or sort of learn from the experience that you've had were there were there moments where you said oh this was a really good decision this was this was really good that we started to do this or you know the as the business grew and you think about sort of how you how you managed it. Are there are there things that you realize now were sort of major turning points for the for the business? This wasn't something that sort of happened at one point. It's more a consistent thread. Whenever we are launching something new, you know, redesigning a portion of the site, um, thinking about you know a marketing campaign, what have you, we always make sure to look at it like try and remove ourselves from the nitty-gritty and you know the sort of execution and the planning and put ourselves in the position of our readers or our shoppers our community and think about and ask ourselves the often very tough question Mm. is this actually serving them the best way possible what's what is that experience going to feel like as not us sitting, you know, behind the scenes, but all of the people who are coming to us every day. And it's a discipline that you really have to work at. I think as you grow, the, a, a hard thing also is that in, there's a lot of internal pressure to for everything to get kind of streamlined mm-hmm. and 
and become this well-oiled machine, this fantasy of a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're actually a company that's growing and doing things different, um, that, that, that just basically should never happen. It, it's, yeah. ne- it's never going to happen. Right. Right. And it's, you don't want it to. No. You don't want it to, but, but it's human nature to want to desire it yes. and Stability, for, especially for continuity. groups to desire it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's actually probably our most, our, our toughest ongoing challenge yeah. is getting people uh, to be comfortable and to not judge it as a problem, but to actually see it as, to see it as an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, no problem? No, what do you mean? You're yeah. exhausted. <laughs> you're going to get through that and you're going to be just fine on the other side. Yeah. And it's so exciting. Yes. Oh my God. The opportunity. Throw this whole the, thing out yes. the window and start over again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it seems like it's a really I mean incredibly exciting time. So I, I'm I'm so happy for you for you both and and so many people are so happy for you both. You have so many fans and and people who are really excited and and who recognize all the work that you've put in over the over the years. So That's so was, nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah. A, a lot of people admire you and the, and the work you've done and and they were sort of you know high fiving in their own way, even though they don't get to <laughs> take part in the. You know all the benefits of it, but um, <laughs> but you do have a lot of people who wish you who wish you well. So thank you huge, so much. Huge thank congratulations you. to you. Uh, my guests have been Amanda Hesser and Meryl Stubbs, the co-founders of Food Fifty Two Media Moguls. <laughs> Trademark. Trademark. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you so Thanks much. For yeah. us. Thank you again for listening. If you're enjoying these conversations, I hope you'll consider sharing the podcast with a friend or heading over to the iTunes store to leave us a review. It helps others to discover the show. We love your feedback. Please give us your thoughts at podcast at businessofhome.com. Our show was produced by Fred Nicolaus and Lauren Pirelli. And I'm Dennis Scully. We'll see you next week.